Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. That's what drew me to this psalm to start with. So I want to prepare you, and I want you to be preparing yourself. And I want you to begin to focus on some things in God's Word. Read the book of Psalm because it's a worship course. But I want you to begin to focus on that because I really believe that that God is speaking and saying this, that that to usher in the move of His anointing, there's got to be worship. Worship that takes me out of my comfort zone. Worship that gets me past what I've been taught in the past. Worship that causes me to forget and not worry about who's standing around me. But it is a worship that the woman with the alabaster box that broke the box and anointed and washed the feet of Jesus. It is a worship that regardless of what people say, regardless of tradition, regardless of religion, Regardless of whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, it is a worship that so bubbles up out of you that it won't matter what it costs you. The only thing that you are mattered with is that the aroma of what God is doing in you gets out. Amen? So be thinking about that. Today I want to cover something else. Kind of, it's kind of a step one to get into that. Psalm forty-six, and let's begin reading with verse one. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Let me read that one more time. God is. God is. God is. That word, that name, God, in the Hebrew is Elohim. It is the same word that is spoken in the book of Genesis chapter 1. When God, Elohim, spoke and said. It is a word that describes the strength, the power, and the authority of who He is. So when that the psalmist said, God is my Strength, my refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Verse 4, there is a river. That's what I want to talk about this morning. There is a river. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. 
Now, I want, you to, I want you to gather this before I move on. I'm going to let you sit down in just a minute. It's good for you to stand. Cause your heart to pump better and all that. So, when the psalmist said, God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in time of, of trouble. When he said that, and he went on down, and he said, therefore, in other words, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be moved into the heart of sea, of the sea, though its waters foam and all that. Notice, if, if you're looking on the screen, you'll see, notice the word though. Before, in, in, in verse 2, it was, therefore we will not fear. And in verse 3, it is, though its waters roar, and though the mountains tremble with the swelling thereof. And in verse 4, there is a river. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. Any of you had some heathen raging against you this week? The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh <clears throat> wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, cutteth the spear in sunder. He burn, burneth the chariot in the fire. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Now, Lord, I thank you today that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish that whereto you send it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can take your seat. So I want to, to say time this morning, I want to go directly down to verse 4. And my subject is, there is a river. But I want to talk this morning, and I want to speak to those of you that are here today, that perhaps you are struggling in your marriage. You're struggling in your relationship with your spouse, your husband, or your wife. Perhaps those, there are those that are here this morning that you are not married, but you're struggling in relationships. You're struggling maybe with your identity. Perhaps you're here today and you're battling on your job. You're in warfare and you're, you're struggling. Perhaps you're here this morning and and there are other areas in your life that you feel like that you are in the warfare of your life. And you, you feel like that there's a battle that's going on and it is a battle to rob or to steal and kill or destroy in your life. 
Perhaps you're here this morning and, and you're struggling with an addiction. And you've been battling with this addiction and you feel good for a while and then all of a sudden it feels like you wind up flat on your face. You, you go good for a little while and then all of a sudden you fall and you, you get back up and you say, I don't think I'll ever get through this. I don't think I'll ever be able to defeat the demons that are battling against my mind and against my emotions because of this addiction. And you've tried programs, you've tried all other things, and perhaps you're here this morning and you, you've battled against uh, medication addiction and things such as that, and you, you feel like that there's no way that you're going to win this battle. And maybe you've even gone to the point that you bowed before Jesus and, and you prayed and said, God, I need a miracle in my life. I need you to do something in my life. I need victory over this situation. Maybe you're a young lady here this morning and you're feeling the pressures of, of uh, your peers and, and you're feeling the pressure of a boyfriend or a girlfriend that's trying to push you to do something and, and that you know that God wouldn't be pleased with and you're, you feel like you're getting weaker and weaker even though you're praying and asking God for strength and you just feel like you're not going to win this battle. So have I about covered? In other words, I'm, I'm, I want to talk to you this morning about something. I'm not going to give you uh, uh, three steps to greater faith, and I'm not going to give you uh, two steps to victory, but I am going to tell you this morning a word that I believe that God has given to me today that will enable you to rise above what the devil has meant for your destruction. Listen, just because you're a born-again Christian doesn't mean that the devil's going to back up and say, well, I'm not going to mess with him anymore. They've, they've done got Jesus, and I can't do anything, so I'm just going to leave them alone and go find somebody else. Nope, that's not going to happen. Listen, I believe this morning that warfare is, is coming. Warfare, listen, one man said you're either coming out of a battle, in a battle, or going into one, but warfare is going to happen. There is a river. I was, I was watching TV the other day, and, and many of you have probably seen it, but I was watching, and, and, and on the news they were talking about the Mississippi River, the mighty Mississippi River that is down lower than it's been in decades. Even to the point that they're discovering things that they had forgotten about over the years because the water level has gone down so low that it's revealing things that were under the water. And I was sitting there watching and listening to the newscaster as they was talking about this mighty Mississippi River. So it, it got me to thinking. And God began to speak to my heart about the Mississippi River. We refer to it as the mighty Mississippi. But listen, 
God spoke to me and he said, son, even the mighty Mississippi River is not sustained on its own. Can I give you just a little history lesson? Listen, I'm pastor. I'm not an evangelist. My responsibility this morning is to teach you something that will grow you and strengthen you. When we need an evangelist, we'll let Pat preach. But you don't need a, uh, an evangelist right now. You need a pastor that can teach you and help you to get on your feet and grow. Not that the evangelist can't. We'll talk about that later. Taya said, yeah, I got some things I want to talk to you about before you talk about that so you can get him straight. I know. But most of you probably know this, but I didn't know it, that the Mississippi River actually heads up and starts in northern Minnesota out of Lake Itasca. It flows out of Lake Itasca, and it's about three feet deep when it flows out of that lake. And it winds its way for thousands of miles down and empties out in Louisiana in the Gulf of Mexico. The mighty Mississippi River. But did you know that as the river flows from northern Minnesota... It doesn't just get all of its water from that one place. Because as it flows down, there's about 7,000 streams that run into the river that causes it to be a mighty Mississippi River. As I was looking at that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, son, I want you to remind my people that they are not self-sustaining. I want you to tell my people that they cannot fight the enemy on their own. They've got to have something that is outside of themselves that will enable them to fight the battle that's coming down the road. He said, son, I want you to remind them that religion will not win the battle." It might be a little stream that comes into your river, but it is not the main river. He said, I want you to remind them that, that tradition cannot win the battle. It might have a little stream that feeds into your river, but at the end of the day, it is not what sustains the river. You see, and the Lord began to deal with my heart, and he said, Son, he said, I want you to remind people that the battles that's going on in their lives and the, and the, and the struggle that they're dealing with is not, listen, it is not because I'm not listening to them. He said it's because they're not understanding that there is a river that they can tap into and receive from me. He said the problem is not the absence of who I am. The problem is the absence of the river. Listen, let, let, me, let me tell you this. The river, Psalm 1, 
says this. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stands in the way of sinners. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Let me, let me say that again. Blessed. That word blessed means happy. Fulfilled. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. Listen to this. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Listen to this. That yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he does shall prosper. See, it makes a difference where you stand, who you walk with, and who, who, you, who you sit with. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You see, when I'm walking in the counsel of the ungodly, and when I'm sitting in the seat of the scornful, and when I'm standing in the way of sinners, I am, I am impeding the flow of the river in my life. Can I tell you what? The Lord dealt with me on that. I'm going to tell you anyway. The Lord spoke to me and said, You can't walk with the enemy and experience the blessing. You can't stand, listen, and this is something God dealt with me about, especially coming up next week is voting week. You better be careful who you stand with. It ain't about Democrat, it ain't about Republican, it ain't about Libertarian and all of that. But, friend, you better know who you stand with. Because, listen, I believe that's what, as I read that, Holy Spirit quickened me, and he said, Son, you better be careful who you stand with. He said, Because when you cast your vote, that means I'm standing with that one. That means I'm standing with him, and whatever he believes, that's what I'm standing for. Because when I cast, and I, I didn't mean to go, but here, here we go. Listen, that, that means that when I cast my vote, I'm saying I'm standing with you, Bubba, and I'm believing, Bubba, that you're going to do what I want you to do. And I, that listen, when I put my vote in for somebody that is, is, is pro-abortion, then I'm casting that vote, and I'm saying I'm voting for you, I'm standing for you and I'm believing that you're going to stand up against everybody else that's against abortion. Listen. 
I believe today that God is saying that the reason that the river is not flowing in our lives is because we're walking with the wrong people, we're standing with the wrong crowd, and we're sitting at the wrong seat. And God is saying today, get up and separate yourself from those things and honor me with your life. So you can't go out this morning and say, well, Pastor, just just bashing this group and all that. No, I'm telling you today, you better get in the Word of God and realize and recognize who you're walking with and who you're standing with and who you're sitting with because it will interrupt the flow of the river in your life. Let Let me explain this river deal. Listen, the book of James says this. In James chapter 3 and verse 11, Can a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Question mark. It can't. And then it goes on down and it says, So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Did you know that the least little bit of salt water and fresh water will change the taste of the fresh water. Did you know, and and I know I'm preaching to the choir. We don't have a choir, but I'm preaching to them anyway. But did you know that that you can, you can live anywhere from two to three months without food. That's a revelation to some of you because you can't go a half a day. Amen. Oh, me. Yeah, you can live around 40 days according to, to the medical profession. You can live around 40 days without food. But did you know that that you can only live around three to four days without water? Because without water, you will dehydrate. Your body will begin to dry up. Your internal organs will begin to die because for the lack of water. So it's important in the natural side that you have a supply of water in your life. God knew that, and so he did something and applied it spiritually. If you go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 10, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 10 talks about this. The Garden of Eden, and the Garden of Eden there was a river running out of the Garden of Eden. That river ran and created four other river heads. So let me make sure you get this right. God created the Garden of Eden. He put Adam and Eve in there. And in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers. 
The four rivers are named, and they are even detailed about where they flow. But the river, the main river, is not named. I believe the main river is the river of God. So, the river flowed to water what God had created. You ain't getting this. I said the river flowed to sustain what God had created. So, the psalmist said, after all these battles, in the midst of all this struggle, in the midst of all this warfare, he said, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Now, if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn with me to 2 Chronicles. And I know this is a little bit different. But I got I'm going to give it to you. You can grow with it or, or go with it, whatever you want to do. But I'm going to give it to you in 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 30. I'm going to just read this one verse to save time. Hezekiah, everybody say Hezekiah. Hezekiah was king over Jerusalem. Hezekiah had come in, he was a reformer. Jerusalem, Judah, they had backslidden, and Hezekiah came in and began to reform and, and bring about reformation. He reestablished worship in Jerusalem. But the Bible says that if you read in that area of, of Scripture that uh, an Assyrian king came up to attack the city of Jerusalem. Listen to this very closely. He came up to attack the city of Jerusalem. And so they were facing enemies on the outside of the walls of Jerusalem. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 30 that this same Hezekiah closed the upper outlet of the waters of Gion and directed them down to the west side of the city of David. And Hezekiah prospered in all his works. Now, if you read that and don't really look at it real close, you'll miss a beautiful picture there. Because the enemies were on the outside of the city of Jerusalem, the walls of, the, of Jerusalem. They had come up to attack the city. Hezekiah had this revelation. Let's go outside of the walls and let's divert all the streams of water, or let's divert the stream called Gion, let's divert it into the inner walls of the city of Jerusalem. Don't sound like too much, does it? So what they did is they stopped up all the other streams outside the city. Why? Why? Because the enemy 
would not have a water supply. Brother Pat, I might have to get you just to follow me around a little bit and amen me real silently, okay? This was, this was a warfare strategy. You need to hear that. This was a warfare strategy. This was a huge army that was camped out against the city of Jerusalem with the intentions of starving them out and overrunning the city. Hezekiah had the revelation. If I go outside the walls of the city and stop up all the streams of water where there is no water out there to be found, then my enemy will not be able to camp outside my wall because if they don't have water, they cannot stay. Listen, there comes a time in your life, friend, that you've got to recognize that you've got to thirst out your enemy. You've got to stop up all the wells that have been ushering out and giving your enemy water to drink. You got to dry them things up and say, buddy, if you're going to attack me or my family, you're going to do it and you're going to be dehydrated doing it because I'm not going to give you a water supply. Oh, but that ain't all of it. Listen, if you do a little studying there, you'll see that the stream called Guyon, that word Guyon means gushing, a gushing stream of water. But here's what they did. Hezekiah got all the people together and he said, this is what we've got to do. We're going to stop the other streams up, but the stream Guyon, we're going we're gonna to hew out a tunnel from that stream under the walls of the city into the city of Jerusalem. No big thing there, huh? 1,700 feet through solid rock, they hewed out a tunnel to bring the waters from the gushing stream Guyon underground into the city of Jerusalem. That is what created the pool of Siloam. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it whether you like it or not. I, I, I thought it was pretty cool there. So they took this gushing stream of water and diverted it underground. It came into the city, inner city of Jerusalem, into a pool called Siloam. While the outside would be dying of thirst, the inside would have a gushing stream of water. This is what the Lord wants you to know. That when you dry up what the devil is wanting to do to you outside, it is extremely important that you have a source coming into your life that is not of yourself, 
but you've got to have a source that comes from somewhere else that will water your life and that will cause you to remain fruitful in your battle. Here's the thing. You see, the psalmist said this. Put that scripture back up, please. Psalm 46, verse 4. He said this, there is a river. There, there you go. I just about run out of things to say. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. Now, listen to this. What the psalmist was saying is this. There is a river that flows, and it is not necessarily the Guyon stream. He said, but there's a river that will make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. And what he was talking about, friend, is this. He was talking about there is something, there's a, there's a source of strength and a source of substance that will make glad the city of our God, the, habit, the holy habitation of the Most High. Now, and I'm giving you a lot of stuff, but just write it down. Go, you go to Ezekiel chapter 47. And by the way, if you're here this morning, you say, I'm just, I just get bored with all this scripture, Pastor. You're dehydrated. I started to say constipated, but that leads, listen. If you get dehydrated, yeah, it's going to happen. Listen, if you don't have a hunger, listen, that's the reason that Jesus said in, in Matthew, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The problem in your life, friend, if you continue to battle the same battle over and over and over again, is that you are living in a, in a, a dehydrated state. You need the river of God to begin to flow in your life. In Ezekiel chapter 47, the Bible says this, that Ezekiel had this vision of, of a river of water that was coming out from under the threshold of the throne of God, it, ushering out to the east. Listen. Go back up. Can you go to, to verse 1? messed him up. I'm sorry. That's all right. We'll, we'll stay right there. Ezekiel chapter 47 and verse 5 says that this river 
was the streams were flowing out from the threshold of the throne of God. And in verse 5, it says that, that a man went out with a, with a rod and began to measure the water. Notice where the water was coming from. Can somebody tell me where the water was coming from? This question I'm asking. From the throne of God. Remember that river in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 10? That God made a river that it would water the Garden of Eden? Ezekiel said, I saw this river and it was gushing out from under the threshold of the throne of God. And he said a man went out and measured it, and he said it was a river. Uh, uh, when he measured it, a thousand cubits, it came up to my ankles. He measured it another thousand cubits, it came up to my uh, knees, I think, or waist. He measured it another thousand cubits, it came up to his waist. Then when he measured it again, he said it was a river that was deep enough, too deep, I had to swim in this river. If you go on down and read a few verses on down, you'll see where this river, y'all think I'm preaching to y'all, don't you? Let me go over here. If you read on down, you will go and you will find that the Bible says this, that wherever that river flowed, it brought healing. It brought life. There is a river that makes glad the city of our God, the habitation of the Most Holy. You say, well, Pastor, all that's in the Old Testament. I'm talking about a river. I'm talking about a river of life, Tiffany, that flows into your life, that causes dead things to become alive, that causes things that have not borne fruit for years and years to all of a sudden begin to bear fruit. I'm talking about a river, ladies and gentlemen, that will cause the depression that you've been dealing with in your life to turn around and all of a sudden you got joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm talking about a river that will flow into your life, sir or ma'am, that all of those things that were given and handed down to you by your forefathers that have been cursing your life, robbing you of your joy, and almost to steal your marriage. I'm talking about a river that will flow into that situation and cause it to begin to bring forth fruit. Listen, I want you to understand this morning that God didn't save you and redeem you uh, from a life of destruction for you and your wife to wind up in divorce court. God didn't save you and deliver you from that addiction only for you to go back to it again. You've got to understand there's a river. There's a river that flows from the throne of God. I'm going to keep on saying it until you get it in your spirit. There's a river. There's a river that flows from the throne of God. Now listen, and I, I'm, I done left my notes up there, so I'm, I'm winging it right now, okay? 
It could add a few minutes, could take away a few. Listen to me. John chapter 7. Can we bring that John chapter 7 up? This is New Testament. Jesus. Y'all know him, right? Jesus. The Son of God. Yeah, Jesus. I'm talking about that Jesus. I'm not talking about Jesus down the road there. I'm talking about Jesus, the Son of God. The Bible says this. Listen to John chapter 7 and verse 37. That on that last day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out. And he said this, If any one thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Listen, whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, listen to this, out of his belly, is the King James Version, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Uh-huh. Amen, preacher. That is good right there. The Bible says that what Jesus was talking about is this, that he was talking about the coming of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, which had not yet been poured out because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But how many of you know Jesus has already been glorified? How many of you know that he's already gone to the cross? He's already defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's already ascended to the throne of the Father. He's already glorified. And how many of you know this? That he's already sent back the Holy Ghost that he was talking about in John chapter 7 and verse 37. I've got a, boy, I wish I could sing that song. I've got a river. Sister Sandy, you know that song? No, I've I've got a river. That's all I know of it. I've got a river. Because in children's church, I wasn't paying no attention. I was watching a little girl ahead of me. That song, there is a river that flows from the throne of God. Can I help? Listen. I'm not telling you this morning that life is going to be peaches and cream. And I'm not telling you this morning that you're not going to go through some battles in your life. 
And I'm not telling you this morning that you're not going to have to deal with some struggles in your marriage and in your relationship. But I am telling you this, that no weapon that's formed against you can prosper. But every tongue that will rise up against you in judgment, you have the power to condemn. I am here to tell you this morning that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Bigger than all of my mountains, bigger than all of my valleys, God is bigger than all of my struggles and my battles. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a promise. The mighty Mississippi might dry up, but the one that I'm telling you about has never receded. It has never gone down low. There is a river whose streams will make glad the city of God. Because listen, when Jesus said that in John chapter 7, it was a little bit on down the road that he's going to say this, that now you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God now dwells in you. In other words, what I'm saying is this. Genesis chapter 2, the river flowed out of the garden and fed and sustained everything created. Psalm chapter 1 said, that if I'll be careful who I walk with, sit with, and stand with, that I would be like a tree planted by the river of water that would bring forth fruit, bring forth, let me say it like, bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither. And that whatsoever I do would prosper. Mia, there's a river. There's a river. All of that's good reading. Read the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel 47. He talks about a river that when it first starts, it's ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. And then it becomes a river that is too deep. You've got to swim. Then you recognize that Hezekiah diverted the stream of water, the river, into the city of Jerusalem. That would dry up the outside, but feed the inside. Then you think about what Jesus said in John chapter 7. That out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. You know what that means? 
It means I've got something in me, Tiffany, that not only sustains who I am, that will not only carry me through the dark days, not only sustain me in the battles of life, not only make me fruitful when everybody else around me is drying up and shriveling away. I've got a river in me, Johnny Buck, that will cause me that when sickness comes my way, there's a river there that will sustain me and pick me back up. I've got a river. But not only does that river sustain me, not only does it keep me going when everybody else is falling down beside me, but I've got a river, Hunter, that will flow out of me and will bring life to you. When you get in a place where you feel like you're losing ground, I can come up, take you by the hand, and say, Hunter, take a little bit of my water because I want to give you some life, buddy. But if you don't got a river in you, you're not going to give me life. You've got to have a river in you. You've got to have some water in you. Listen. tell you something about this river this river for thousands and thousands of years what began in the garden of Eden pastor T the world the devil has tried to stop it up they've tried to shut it down they've tried to stem the flow of it but there's something about this river that just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing. What began in the Garden of Eden, can you bring that scripture up in Revelation chapter 22, please? What began in the Garden of Eden is going to still be flowing in Revelation 22. Whether you know it or not, Revelation 22 is the last chapter in the Bible. <laughs> Listen to this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There is a river. I gotta come back down here. You go ahead and stand with me, and I might I might stop. All right. See, I told you at the start that I'm preaching this message today because some of you feel like you're losing the battle. 
But here's the thing that I want to tell you. You cannot, you will not lose the battle as long as the river is flowing in your life. So I want to give you, I want to real quickly, I want to give you some things to do. First thing, you got to dry up the water of the enemy. Quit giving that sucker anything. My wife's not in here right now. I can say that, and she won't say anything. She'll question me and going home. She said, did you really say that? Listen, you've got to dry up the things on the outside. Because here's what the devil will do. The enemy will take all of your water supply and starve you out. See, Hezekiah got a revelation from God. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all of your water supply. I'm going to starve you out. I'm, I, I know i got to quit. But listen. So number one, you got to cut off the water supply to the enemy. Second thing that you've got to do is divert the water supply into your life. In other words, begin to walk by faith that there's a river inside of me that's flowing and bringing life in my life. So here's the thing. There is a river. Go ahead and start singing. There's a river. How about that? Isn't that awesome? So here's the thing. Do you need the river to flow in your life? Do you feel like you're dehydrated? Do you feel like that you're so dry on the inside that you don't know how you can't fight? Hold up, hold up just a minute. Hold up. Listen, I got I to share this. Because nothing, ladies and gentlemen, nothing can take the place of water in your life. Here about a month or a month and a half ago, we had been sick with all this sinus mess and all that. And, and I was, we were just getting over it and, and, and all of that. And we were just getting straightened out. And uh, I, had, I had got behind on a project. Uh, a, a job that I had to do and I had gotten behind on them and so I told Judy I said you know what I feel good today I'm going I'm to load all my equipment up and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this job and um, so I can get caught up so I loaded all my equipment up left the house and, and I put three bottles of water and a little cooler that I've got and took it with me. I got there and began to do the job. And it was hot and I was sweating. So I drank me a bottle of water. I kept on working. 
And I was having to use a shovel to shovel some gravel with. And I was shoveling that gravel. And my hand literally locked on the, on the handle of the shovel. And I couldn't get it off. I had to take and pry my fingers open to let go of the shovel. I knew I was getting dehydrated. So I drank the rest of the water I had. And I said, that'll be enough to sustain me till I finish the job and I can get home and get some more water. I'm telling you that when you get spiritually dehydrated, and I firmly believe this morning that there are those that are here today, that's what's going on in your life. Because you don't have any joy, you don't have any peace, you don't have any victory in your life. That's the reason you sit in service on Sunday morning and you're bored with the worship. You're bored with a Bible reading. And all you can think about is getting home so you can watch the NFL or Hallmark. You're in bad shape. So I said, well, I'll, I'll do this and I'll, I'll finish this job and go home. I got out there and started working again. My toes begin to draw up. My fingers begin to draw up. And it scared me. I went back to the truck and sat down in the truck and laid back. And I called Judy. I said, baby, I don't know what you're doing right now, but I need you to come. And I need you to bring me some some Gatorade. I need you to bring me some water because I'm not feeling good at all. I said, I can't even close my hand without it locking up. I'm feeling bad. You know what happened? Is that dehydration had taken place in my body during the sickness and I didn't get enough hydration to rehydrate my body so therefore when I had to expend energy because I was dehydrated it highlighted my dehydration some of y'all that have a medical mind you probably can explain that a lot better than me but I'm not going to ask you to come up here and do that. The reason I wanted to share that with you today is that when the river is stopped in your life, it will cause all kind of crazy things to begin to happen. It will cause your, your home all of a sudden to get out of order. It will cause your children to begin to do things that normally they wouldn't do. Cause your husband to begin to say stuff that will hurt you and wound you. Cause your wife to begin to ignore you and say stuff and all of that. And it causes little things 
that used to didn't mean anything, all of a sudden they become huge to you because you're dehydrated spiritually. Can we sing that now? So you understand what I'm saying. I believe the body of Christ is starving for the river of life. I believe there, there are many men and women of God today that, that are starving because they, they don't understand about the river of life that God is saying flows from my throne. That everywhere it goes, it will bring healing. Everywhere it goes, it will bring life. 